Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, by now you've heard that Les Moonves is out at CBS, but we want to kind of lay out the breakdown for you on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and uh, Bradley, this whole story has broken wide open this weekend. So let's kind of go through how this all went down. Oh, there's so many twists and turns, but here's the thing. We learned that Les Moonves was probably negotiating his exit. We learned then that he actually exited following this latest New Yorker uh, expose, which details the account of uh, another six women that have come forward. And um, one of those women recounted something that happened in an incident that took place in the 80s. Now, when you're talking about sexual indiscretion from the 1980s, you Mm -hmm. might think, well, that's old news. But it's not indiscretion. It's actually sexual assault. And it's laid out very clearly in the New Yorker article. So... This story essentially is he said, she said. Let's start with the she said. And let's talk about this one particular woman. One of the she's. One one of of, the many she's. Yeah, because I I could go into them at length. But we'll start with Phyllis Golden Gottlieb. And I will say that in uh, most recently, she did file a criminal complaint late last year with the L.A. Police Department. One which, by the way, Les Moonves knew of Mm -hmm. and didn't share with his friends over at CBS, hmm. but I digress. She worked with him uh, at a production company, television production company for Lorimar Telepictures in the 1980s. Um, let's just say that um, I want to speak of the particular incident that is detailed in this uh, New Yorker account. Um As she was working with him, she went to his office to discuss a work matter. And he was like, I'm going to get a glass of wine. I'm just going to read a little bit, okay? Okay. Just verbatim, so then we can talk about it. He left briefly, and when he returned, he was not wearing pants and was aroused. She turned away, embarrassed, and ran out of the room. The following day, Moonves approached her in her office and berated her for not sending a memo to another executive. When she told Moonves that She didn't typically share her memos with that executive. He became enraged. He reached over and pulled me up, throws me hard against the wall. Afterwards, she collapsed and couldn't get up. Uh, She recalled lying on the floor, just crying. Now, after she rebuffed Moonves, she said that he retaliated against her professionally. This all started, actually, after an even worse incident. So the one that I just recounted to you is what happened after the initial incident involved him forcing her to perform some stuff on him. Mm-hmm. Um, after that happened is when he exposed himself to her and then threw her against a wall. So that is her account. Mm-hmm. And you can read it verbatim in the New Yorker piece. It's shocking. Yeah. If that weren't shocking enough, believe me when I say 
other women in that piece come forward and lay out a very similar trajectory of not only misconduct, but assault, sexual, violent sexual assault. Well, and what you see through them is a pattern similar to what we saw when we were reading and learning about Harvey Weinstein. You kind of knew that the story was similar in the sense that typically he would show up in a robe and expose himself, yep. right? Yep. Well, there are parts of these women's stories about Les Moonves that mimic each other, meaning, which to me feels very indicative of the fact that he had sort of a move that he employed. Yeah. Um, and, and these are women that aren't connected. Not at all. These women um, detail different experiences over a trajectory of decades. Mm-hmm. When he was in multiple different roles. I mean, I think one of the things to me that is interesting is we know him um, as his position at CBS. But these things have been happening since the 1980s when he wasn't in that powerful of a position. He was in positions of power, but not. He truly is one of the was now was one of the most powerful men in television. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he was employing these types of tactics regardless of his, you know, his own personal, um, what's the word success or place in, yeah. um, in, in the or in organizations. Yeah. Um, so that is alarming in and of itself. So the, she said is pretty, is pretty shocking, right? Mm-hmm. So then let's talk about the, he said, And this was his statement following the news that he has stepped down. Um, He, I just don't even know how to, I mean, it's just, it's so gross, but okay. Untrue allegations from decades ago are now being made against me that are not consistent with who I am. Effectively, effective immediately, I will no longer be chairman and chief executive officer of CBS. Um, He goes on to say, and really just seems to, allege that these allegations have come out at a time to at this time to disparage his character and ruin his career. Okay. Okay. So um, he believes it's an unfair attack on him. Okay. So I, that's, that's what we've got. We've got the, she said, we've got the, he said, now I just want to deal with the, he said, and the, she said, Mm -hmm. so you have these women who detail very violent, sexual inappropriate encounters with Les Moonves Mm -hmm. over a period of decades from different women corroborating very similar behavior. Okay. Yeah. Now, if this was a coordinated attack to destroy his career and ruin his character, you would have to believe that those women um, knew each other. Mm hmm. Um, coordinated their stories, mm-hmm. had some other reason to attack him. I mean, like to what game? I'm like, who are these people that are out to get you? Right. Are they the women? Right. Because the women are like a, in a rival position, trying to like wh- what it like. What is this story that you're telling yourself? The other story that he's telling the world is that these were consensual acts. He's admitted to a number of these encounters and said they were consensual. So then yeah. you'd have to believe that the women who are now telling us they weren't consensual were totally fine with, among other things, being forced to perform the stuff, mm-hmm. being thrown against a wall. Mm-hmm. Again, women not connected, telling the same story. Here's the part that is troubling to me 
um, about his statement because part of it I actually do believe. And this is the same thing that troubled me about Harvey Weinstein. There is a big part of me that thinks that these serial assaulters really do believe that this was consensual. Oh, absolutely. And that was one of the things I said this morning. Yeah. Um, in, in, it is clear to me that he believes this was very likely consensual behavior. Because if you think about the acts that are described in the New Yorker piece, he doesn't, things don't happen. Like when I tell you that he forced a woman to perform some things, that would sound like a very violent encounter that, um, that, should be clear to anybody present that this was somebody taking advantage of somebody else. Mm-hmm. That is true. However, I can see where he would not perceive that to be the case because he wasn't, you know, um, trying to hold her hostage mm-hmm. or telling her that, you know, he was doing something, you know, um, against her will he after the women would you know one woman in particular was having a panic attack mm-hmm. after he did what he did mm-hmm. and he was like oh well okay we don't have to do this and sort of let her go about her business mm-hmm. so it'd be very clear for him to say well i mean you know i wasn't trying to keep her here or right. force her to do anything right. i mean she did it so therefore it was consensual right and to me, that is one of, well, I mean, there are many troubling things, but that to me feels like that's the hardest thing to wrap your brain around and, and to know even like the Harvey Weinsteins of the world, he's still sitting somewhere believing that he truly wasn't wrong. And Les Moonves yeah. very, probably sure feels very similarly. He's being attacked. He's yeah. being taken down because he's in a position of power and those people are targets. Again, I'm not sure who they're targets of. Or what their targets for? Um, in fact, I think the reverse is true. When you are in that particular position, it is a very uh, unique place that very few people occupy, and is prone to abuses of power. Mm-hmm. Like when you are that high, people don't challenge you, and people don't treat you the way they would treat anybody else, and you are allowed to get away with things for in some cases decades that nobody else would be allowed such that it starts to inform how you perceive mm-hmm. those instances. Okay. We need to take a little, uh, less moon break. We will get back to the story about less moon stepping down from CBS and the reasons behind why that happened. But when we come back, we want to play a game with somebody who has a particular knowledge of the most prestigious awards that are given Two actors and musicians, the Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars and the Tonys. If you think you know a lot about recipients of all of those awards, the prestigious EGOT, we're going to play EGOT or not with a caller 651-641-1071. If you want to play that game on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 107. John Legend has won an EGOT, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar and a Tony. That is a very prestigious uh, distinction. And it leads us to want to play a little game on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and we want to play a little game called EGOT or Not! 
that means aren't you an EGOT or not an EGOT? What's an EGOT, Colleen? An EGOT is an individual who has won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony Award. And it is a very distinctive group of people who have done so. It is a feat, if you will. And uh, we thought we would put you to the test. We have three names. We are going to ask our contestant if each of these people is an EGOT or not. Do you want to meet our contestant? Yeah, who's playing EGOT or not today, Colleen? Well, we've got Katie on the line. Hi, Katie. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Are you ready to play the game EGOT? I'm ready. Or not? Oh, my God. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So we are going to start with a name, and you just tell us EGOT or not. Okay. First name is... John Lennon. Lennon? Not. <laughs> I would say not. John Lennon is not an EGOT. Yay! You are correct. correct Apparently, people were very confused when they heard that John Legend is an EGOT. <laughs> okay. Because they thought John Lennon was the EGOT. Oh, okay. he may have become one. I have faith. This is true. Have. This is true, Katie. Okay, are you ready for your next name? I'm ready. Whoopi Goldberg, is she an she EGOT? Is. Oh, you She's are very EGOT. sure of that. I am very sure. Whoopi Goldberg is an EGOT. Now, do you know what she is an EGOT Ooh. for? Hmm. No, I would guess um, Oscar, Color Purple. Oh, gosh, no, I'd have to really give up. I wouldn't know the others. Okay, well, that's okay, because I <laughs> have those answers right before me. Cool. Would you like First. to know? I'd love to know. Okay. Her first um, was the Academy Award, right? Uh, well, I don't know timing. Anyway, Academy Award for Ghost, right? Best Actress oh, in a Supporting uh-huh. Role. Uh, she got her Daytime Emmy. She's got two, right? Uh-huh. One for Outstanding Special Class Special, Beyond Tara, The Extraordinary Life of Hattie McDaniel. And 2009's Outstanding Talk Show Host for The View. And then Grammy Awards... Um, Whoopi Gold, Best Comedy Recording, Whoopi Goldberg Original Broadway mm. Show Recording, and Tony Awards Best Musical Thoroughly Modern Millie. Is that what you have, Colin? That is what I have. Okay. Yeah. You are correct. Wow. Okay. And, Katie, one more name. Let okay. us know if you think this person is an EGOT or not. Has this person won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony? The name is Bette Midler. Ooh. I, she should. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP podcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. B, but I don't think she is. I'll say not. You are correct. She is yeah! not an EGOT. Yay! However, she is, quote, 
this yeah. close to being yeah. EGOT. Katie, thank you so much for Thanks, playing Katie. with us. Thank you. Love you guys. You too. Have a great day. Um, she did pretty well. That's Can amazing. Can I just say something that I did not know? Sure. Do you know how many people are EGOTs? I think it's now it's 15. Yes, but it used I to didn't be 12. realize it was only. Yeah, I did not realize it was only 15 people. Um, it's a very, very small group. So John Legend, certainly a legend in his own right. See? Now that Look he's a that. member of um, the EGOT Club. Well, I think it's kind of fascinating that it went from 12 to 15 yesterday. Because John Legend won at the same time as Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber. So it was 12 up until this year's uh, Creative Arts Emmys, where he was awarded where John Legend was awarded for his role in Jesus Christ Superstar alongside Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, the musician or the uh, composer and lyricist of that show. So, and there are distinctions because there's apparently a qualifying uh, competitive only category and then also winners including non-competitive awards. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming that means that they've been given like a Lifetime Achievement Award Mm. in one of those particular Mm -hmm. things. And that includes um, Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, James Earl Jones, Alan Menken, Harry Belafonte, and Quincy Jones. So those people have EGOTs, but through non-competitive awards. Mm -hmm. There's also something called a PGOT. What's the P? I mean, I know what that is, but... You know what P is? Well, I mean, I know what P is, like the... But is it? Well, I don't know what the award is. Pulitzer. Oh, okay. That makes and sense. there are two people who've gotten uh, a PGOT: Richard Rogers and Marvin Hamlish. Hmm. Meal. Interesting. Well, welcome to the fold, John Legend. You are now truly a legend, uh, alongside Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. All right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got some celebrities behaving badly. We call them a very particular name, and that name is. D bag. We'll tell you who our D bags are after this on My Talk 1071. Celebrities behaving badly. We must call them out on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. We have a name that we call those celebrities behaving badly. And D-bags. that name is D-Bags. <laughs> Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Uh-huh. This one made me real angry this morning hmm. uh, when I woke up and I saw this headline. Okay. Mel B, 43, quote, enjoyed a night of passion with Zach Efron. 30 after what? they flirted up a storm on a dating app following her separation from Stephen Belafonte. What? That's not true. Right? I don't think it is either, but why would you even say this? Okay. Here's how the story goes. Mel B says that she enjoyed quote a night of passion with Zach Efron. They met on a dating app. They quote flirted up a storm and uh, he ended up coming over to her pad uh, in los angeles he stopped by her los angeles home for a romp uh as the story goes the source says quote he ended up driving over to her house they hit it off they spent a few enjoyable hours together even though they had chemistry quote neither of the stars saw their steamy encounter as more than a one night fling it wasn't exactly a meeting of the minds (laughs) I mean, but Mel thought, now here's the only part of this I can agree with. 
Mel thought Zach had an amazing body. Um, oh my god, this story is so fake. Isn't it? It's ter- right. This can't oh, be Zach real. Has an amazing- we can all also, see it, honey. Also, what? Unless the- you're talking about something we haven't seen. Thank you. What's the point of of sharing Attention. this? But also making her look like she's you know connected to the all the you know the hot new things that are going on. Everybody likes Zach Efron. He's so sexy. I gotta have some of that. But then he's going to hear that. And if it's not true, which it's not, now his representative is going to be in this awkward position of having to be like... She's a lying Yeah, exactly. Lady. Who tells lies. She's mm-hmm. a lying liar. Um, is she just having a moment, do we think? Or is what there do you a mean possi- by moment? I mean... Is she lost are, her is damn Is she mind? unraveling a sure. little bit? Okay. I, just, I think so. I have I mean, chosen to not believe this. I mean, uh, ultimately, it's for Zach to decide whether he's going to, you know, call her out. I doubt that he will. He'll probably just be like, you know, hey, look, anytime someone is talking about me having some sassy time with the lady, it's probably not a bad thing unless she had herpes or something. Then he might come out and say no. I don't really feel like you want to be herpes? associated. No, well, no, but I also don't think you really want to be associated with Mel B right now. Why? You know, just because she's had kind of a slew of bad press. She's been lying about the Spice Girls getting back together. Yeah. She's in a very bold. I mean, let's be real. Girl has been through a lot mm-hmm. and she needs to find out some stuff because she was with that man who was violent. Stephen Belafonte, liar. who's not actually related to Harry Belafonte. And those people don't even know who Harry Belafonte is. This is true. So. Oh, that's unfortunate. I know. They well, that's history. the other thing. Can we talk about, well, forget it. I was just going to say, no, I, I want to <laughs> get it off my ride. chest. No, it's this. Okay. Stephen Belafonte, for those of you who don't know, not related to the actual Steve or Harry Belafonte, chose the name of a celebrity who he could say he was related to, who he kind of vaguely shares what a trait or two with i'm just saying like I you mean, could like as much as any two humans do yeah. like they both have like, eyes you know like that kind of thing but i but that's my like would is harry belafonte the celebrity you're going to choose to pretend that you might kind of be related to well, i mean you know in the music world he was trying to make a name for himself and you know he uh, anyway yeah he's just a lying liar who lies too much and oh apparently so is she. Yeah. But so she's been through a lot. So, girl, just figure your stuff out and then come back when you're on the straight and narrow. All right. Um. Okay. We need to talk about some people. We need to talk about some people who lovingly uh, we refer to as Chonas. That is Ch- uh, Priyanka Chopra mm-hmm. and Joe Jonas. Nick. Did I say Joe? Uh-huh. It's e- it's easy to mistake the two. They're, just, mm-hmm. they're all jo- there's just a bunch of them. Uh, Charles in charge. No, Nick Jonas. Okay, so the two of them are a relationship. Uh-huh. They are my d bag today. Okay, why? 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 Because of this headline. Oh, wait for it. Oh God, it's so delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas recreated Meghan Markle and Prince Harry's engagement photo. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> um, friendship means being able to copy iconic engagement photos and not having to say you're sorry. So um, it's an article in Marie Claire, which is still a thing. I apologize to all the good people of Marie Claire. But Kaylee Roberts wrote this piece about how, you know, Priyanka and Meghan go way back 
And, um, you know, she went to her wedding Mm -hmm. and she stole her uh, engagement photo. And if you look at their engagement photos, it is, I will say, two people together. Mm -hmm. With eyes and and hands. (laughs) And they're holding one another and looking at each other. Mm -hmm. But that's about it. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that this was a photo shoot done by... um, Oh, who is that Ralph Lauren guy? I'm looking for names. They were at the Ralph Lauren 50th anniversary show at New York Fashion Week, and they sat down for their own photo session with this guy named Luba Mursky. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a famed photographer, and it was shot by... Th- this is the same photographer as the um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Oh, so they stole the photographer. Yeah. And now what we know about that photographer is he only has a couple moves. Yeah. And it's sit just so and show off your ring yeah. and then look at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, can we, are they trying to do, is this a thing that she's trying to do where she's trying to be pretend Royal Priyanka Chopra? Because she has inserted herself into well, the Meghan why, Markle narrative. This is why I expertly. This is why I feel like this whole thing is fake because it's just following the same trajectory. And she's like, "Oh well, I've got to have this, and I got to do this, and we got to have a photo session together." They've been together for five months, right? Do you know what I mean? This yeah. does not seem like a like a. There does not seem to be anything genuine. If they'd been together for a few years, and you know, they were like. It, seen sort of in natural settings being affectionate with one another like it's just not even a good story well you know the part if you're really going to go all in on the like we're going to try to be just like Meghan markle and harry story line they should have lied and pretended like they were having a secret relationship for you know a year you know what i'm saying because that was part of the narrative i know this because i watched a movie about Meghan markle and harry's romance i did a bunch of lies yeah i did but i watched a movie lifetime network but i learned a lot um but the two of them the two of them allegedly uh dated undercover for a while and so if priyanka chopra and nick jonas but what i'm saying this is valid if priyanka chopra and nick jonas want us to believe that they have this like deep, you know, connection and that they're, you know, getting married and that they like have seen their twin flame in each other, then they could have maybe zhuzhed up the story a little bit. Yeah, no, they, they, so they, well, and I look forward to the Priyanka Chopra, Nick Jonas (laughs) lifetime special where we're going to learn the backstory because it's going to be a bunch of crap. Um, Oh, but wait, it's actually going to be in a reality series that they've been filming. Exactly. Which is Mm -hmm. why their relationship is the way it is. Uh, or that it exists at all, because this was, as we talked to uh, our good friend and blind item gossipure, that's a word, it's French, uh-huh. gossipure, mm-hmm. NT lawyer, last week, this relationship was solely for the purpose of, you know... Publicity. Pub- <laughs> Emphasis <laughs> on the Trust poo. me, it's publicity. I like that term, publicity. That's basically what we do on our show, is talk about celebrity publicity. Yep. Mm-hmm. It puts it in a paper bag and we stamp it, it on fire. Flaming bag of publicity. That's our state fair shirt next year. Publicity, <laughs> big poop emoji. Okay. Um, oh. So anyway, I'm, what I'm saying is these people are so lazy with this relationship. You have Nick Jonas going on TV as we played an audio clip earlier today to talk about how they met, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, <clears throat> so we texted for like six months because a friend put us in touch." What does what? that even mean? Like, 
here's my friend Priyanka, Nick. I think you'd like each other. Let's text. What? Like, that just doesn't happen. That is not real. There is nothing real or genuine there. And then to think that you've gone from zero to 60 in five months. I mean, hello, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. You're not, you know, young, naive people who are making all the wrong choices, but they are still choices they're actually making. Those two are not. They are two like people who have careers, have made legitimate careers and choices and have experience in the world. Like, it just doesn't make sense no. is what I'm saying. It doesn't add up. No, none of it makes sense. Here's what does make sense, though. Uh, what you're about to put on your calendar, which is Thursday morning at 9 a.m. What happens on Thursday morning at 9 a.m., Bradley Trainer? Your mom. And? Project Down and Dirty Tickets! Yay! Project Down and Dirty Tickets go on sale on Thursday morning at 9 a.m. sharp. You're going to want to set an alarm for this because you got to get to mytalk1071.com keyword comedy. There there will be two levels of tickets available to watch us make total uh, fools of ourselves on the stage at Mystic Lake. Uh, $35 gets you the general admission tickets. $75 gets you a VIP ticket. Now, what does the VIP ticket involve, you ask, Bradley Trainer? It involves lots of fun and excitement. It does. Uh, You get get a seat in the first three rows. You get a one-hour meet-and-greet with the MyTalk hosts after the show. And I just want to remind everybody that all the proceeds will will benefit Tubman, Gilda's Club, Smile Network, and Stevie Ray's Skills for Life. Again, Thursday at 9 a.m. These tickets go on sale. They will go fast. Am I right? Indeedly do. Or am I right? You're right. Thank you. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, if you haven't heard the story of Olivia Munn, you've got to hear this. She's basically been abandoned by all of her co-stars in her next movie because of a choice she made. We'll tell you what that choice was and what's going on with that after this on My Talk 1071. All right, if you haven't heard this story about Olivia Munn, it's an interesting one. She's basically been abandoned by her co-stars because of a choice she made in this recent movie that she stars in. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at mytalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, and Bradley, can you kind of like lay out for us? what this is all about. Yeah, so Olivia Munn, um, basically, well, she feels like she's paying a price for doing uh, what she thought was the right thing. There was a scene that was cut out from the movie um, after she brought to the studio's attention that the person opposite her in a very minor role was a registered sex offender. And that that story, you know, you can sort of go back and read about that story. The individual was accused of uh, sending sexual texts to like a 14-year-old relative. Mm -hmm. It was really kind of heinous. And That person was a friend of the director Mm -hmm. uh, on this particular film. And so that has created another layer of complexity. But essentially, she found out that this was a registered sex offender. She found out the backstory. She talked to the studio. They cut out the the scene. Mm -hmm. uh, But it was only after she brought it to their attention. Uh, Following that, nobody said thank you. Nobody contacted her to say thanks for the heads up. And in fact, following uh, this, at the Toronto Film Festival, they're supposed to be doing press. She goes to do an interview, and all of her co-stars, I shouldn't say all, but some of her co-stars who were supposed to be there didn't show up. 
So there she is having to answer questions about the movie, about what she's done alone, because she's contractually obligated to do uh, those interviews. Mm-hmm. And really, um, it actually is a very eye-opening moment because the Hollywood reporter who did this interview um, asks her some you know, questions about this. Like, you know, you're here talking about this. Nobody else is here. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want, we can listen to a little bit of that interview and get some context and um, understanding for how she feels in this moment where, again, she brought up an issue that she thought was inappropriate. The studio, even though they removed it, has sort of not, you know, they're not, they're not going to touch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of walked away from this and she felt like she's being, she feels like she's being punished for doing the right thing. Let's listen to her. I do feel like I've been treated by some people as if I'm the one who went to jail or I'm the one who put this guy onto our set. It was really important for me to have the scene deleted. And, you know, when um, the press found out, they asked for a statement, I gave a statement. And I found out all those details like everybody else did, you know, and it was shocking and disturbing. And and now when I'm being asked about it, um, I don't know how to lie about it. You know, I don't know how to pretend and I don't know how to skirt around the issue. I don't I just know how to be honest about it. It's a very lonely feeling to to be, you know, sitting here by myself when I should be here with the rest of the cast. So again, that's in that moment when you're watching, and I would encourage you to go watch the interview, you kind of just get the sense that she's like, I have to be here and mm-hmm. I'd much rather be talking about the movie. I don't know why I'm feeling as though I did something wrong. But uh, this guy did something and I spoke up and nobody else would have done anything had I not brought it up. Now, I know uh, before I say what I'm going to say, I want to be very clear. I understand she's not the victim of uh, this uh, of the of this person in the sense that she was not sexually assaulted by him. However, when people ask the question why women don't come forward with things specifically around sexual assault, but generally speaking as well, I would say this is an example of one of the reasons why, because you when you are a person who speaks up against something like this, when some when you maybe have felt Maybe it's because you felt unsafe. Maybe it's because this felt wrong to be highlighting a person who has this type of history, et cetera. Any number of things, you know, the the scary feeling of knowing that you are going to kind of be the lone voice out there. What she's experiencing and we're seeing is exactly part of the reason why I think people don't come forward with things that are uncomfortable or difficult. Because she's literally been abandoned by everybody. And now the conversation is not about the work she did, but instead, you know, like you said, Bradley, nothing having to do with the movie at all. Well, and what I she also says uh, in another part of that interview, she's like, we tell people's story or uh, how, how does she word it again? We make stories about people. And we have to care about people. Do you remember that part of her? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. She said it so beautifully. But um, her point is that like we make movies about people um, that care about people, but we need to care about the people that are making the movies, too. Yeah. So making the point that like you can tell a really good story and and talk about, you know, all the wonders of humanity on screen. But like you have to do the same thing for the people telling those stories. You have to treat them as people. And um, like all of the 
wonderful things you're trying to tell in the movie, you should also be doing behind the scenes. If in fact, you know, I think the thing I have a hard time with is, you know, I don't know. Of course, it's up to a person whether or not they decide they want to be linked to this story, right? Olivia Munn, though, is showing up and doing these interviews. Where are the rest of the castmates? And what benefit is it to them to not be showing up for this or to show support? Um, I I don't get it, I guess. Well, now there's an update in this story that has happened during the show. And her co-star in this Predator movie, Sterling K. Brown, has issued a statement on Twitter well, and can I just say of that, and, and oh, yeah. you can share that with us, but, the, you know, Sterling K. Brown, he he originally was like, look, I was already scheduled to leave early. I wasn't even supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's um, related to what you were about to say, Holly, but that was his initial reaction was he wasn't even supposed to be at that interview, but he, you know, said that he stood by her. Essentially, yeah. And that he said that uh, Olivia did the right thing and that he wants her to not feel quite so alone. And then he also, I'm paraphrasing Sterling K. Brown, this was his message on Twitter this afternoon, and that he takes issue with the fact that we all have the right to know who we're working with. And that someone, when someone has been convicted of a crime of a sexual nature involving a child, you have the right to say that's not okay. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think there's some pushback on like, well, he did his time. He served his time. He was, you know, the the case was adjudicated and he was punished. Um, And because there was uh, some pushback on that regard, like, why are you bringing this up if he's already, you know, served his time? And Sterling K. Brown's... um, comeback was well that's fine if if you're comfortable with that but some people aren't comfortable which is why you know whether you like it or not people are required to register as sex offenders yeah because some people might not be comfortable for example living next to someone who um has sexually molested children right, right. like you should be able to make that decision yourself yeah but and you need to have all the information yeah. in order to make that decision it certainly is not incumbent upon the actors to be doing the background checks on the people who they're acting yeah. with um and she had heard about it through somebody else i believe and then checked it out and that's how olivia munn became privy to the fact that this partner in this scene who was the friend of the director uh, was a registered sex offender. Um, but but yes, her safety matters and everybody else on the on the set's safety matters and that should be their decision, but they need to have the information and she shouldn't be punished for being the one to bring it to the fore. Right? Ugh. All right, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what's the thing that your partner thinks that they ace the test on, but you'd actually give them a big fat fail? 651-641-1071. When you need auto parts, O'ReillyAuto.com is just a few clicks away. We offer convenient options for you to get your parts quickly. Order online and pick up for free at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store. We'll even bring it out curbside. Or you can have your parts delivered right to your door with free shipping on most orders over $35. Visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.